Such a feeling would be enough to give anyone a shock to accompany the actual one, and, as Swift fought his way back to just wake up, he ended up overcompensating. It spilled him right out of the desk chair he'd been reclining in and onto the floor. Well, that's interesting. Swift picked himself up, trying to reconcile his last clear sensation of being in an old ruin, grappling with a tenacious opponent while apparently reclining in his desk chair. He would have loved to shrug the experience off as a twisted dream. Yet, as he stood and started to brush off his clothes, he stopped mid-motion, realizing he had found himself right in the middle of another unexpected scenario. He was in an office, true, and it was similar to his in that it had four walls and a desk. However, unless the city had really built up around him during nap time, reclaiming a good deal of square footage in the process, he still wasn't in the proverbial Kansas. Things were also a bit more retro than he would have liked, giving Swift at least some inkling of where he found himself now. No Us in this was an homage of sorts to all the great noir films and books that Swift had always appreciated. Like Casablanca, the Maltese Falcon, or neo-noirs like Drive, the Big Lebowski, Blade Runner, and their ilk. He had always liked the general atmosphere that came along with them. The washed-out colors, somewhat ham-fisted metaphors, subtle manipulations, hard-nosed protagonists, and the women. Of course, the women. Some of the best screen roles for actresses at the time had been as a femme fatale, for no matter how good the hero might have been, they could always twist them up to suit their purposes. That was why he did not look forward to what was going to happen once the scenario began. Well, at least not entirely. The thing about this game was that, like the Westwood Studio release of their title set in the Blade Runner universe, this one had a randomization factor. Each time a player booted a new session, the elements they would encounter would be mixed, making it more of a challenge if one wanted to work towards the best ending. The only thing that was static was the opening sequence to set the player on their path. After that, things were going to get dicey, and there wouldn't be any shortcuts like with Hyperborean. He was going to have to let things play out, trying to keep a step ahead of the randomization engine while watching for the patterns that would clue him in to which conclusion he was heading towards. Not thrilled to still be caught up in whatever this was, Swift was at least glad he'd been cast as a more capable hero this time around, and didn't mind stepping into the shoes of a Sam Spade or Rick Deckard as much as the hapless companion he'd been last time. He looked around the office, wondering what was taking so long for things to get going before it finally hit him. The ambiance was off. The lights were far too bright. There was no muted radio in the background, and his ashtray was as depressingly empty as the scotch glass sitting beside it. This was never how the opening scene looked, so it was time to set the stage if he hoped to move things along. Taking a few minutes to clean up a bit in the meager washroom and slip out of his decidedly anachronistic outfit into the more period-appropriate one he discovered hanging in the closet, he made the other necessary adjustments before settling into his office chair to wait. Swift almost jumped out of his skin when the damn monologue narration started when the doorknob turned. That was not something he'd expected to counter, and Christ, was it ever loud. Sitting in my darkened office earlier this evening, I was surprised when she walked in through the same door she'd slipped out of all those months ago with barely a word. Jeez, Swift looked up like most characters in movies do when they have the voice-from-above moment. But the truth was it seemed to be coming from all around him, and in his own voice no less. It at least stopped when he broke character, perhaps since they'd scripted events in the game which came to pass after dependent actions. His seeming ability to interrupt things might come in handy if he found himself in a tight spot. It apparently wasn't a long interlude. Things started back up again as he settled back to something approaching his original position. 
It was more than a little creepy, watching the new occupant frozen, however briefly, like when the characters on Saved by the Bell would freeze so the smartass could have his snarky asides. 